So that is very exciting. And then also remember next week he will also be here uh, next Sunday and then as well as this Wednesday if I'm not mistaken. And so make sure to be here for Wednesday evening service and then next Sunday as well because it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And then today your monthly mission pledge is due. So if you don't have that turned in, let's get that turned in. (laughs) Five days from now, the 30th, everyone say the 30th. This Friday night is our Northeast Section Youth Rally, and it is here in Paris, Texas. And so that is going to be an awesome, awesome time. We, it's been ages since, since a youth rally has been here in Paris, and so that's going to be wonderful this Friday the 30th at 8 p.m. And then October events, the 4th through the 7th, so not this week, but next week, is General Conference, and that is in Orlando, Florida, And just as a quick announcement, Sister Meyer told this to us this morning that a hurricane is supposed to be hitting Florida or coming towards that direction, you know. But I believe in a God that that's not even going to interfere with the conference whatsoever. And so just maybe keep that in your mind, in your prayers and thoughts like that. And then, so not this Sunday, not the next, but the next after that, the ninth is Youth Sunday. And that's always a wonderful time. That'll be in the evening time. And then that following Monday, the 10th, is Ladies United Fellowship. And our very own Sister Dickie will be speaking at that. And it's in Sir, it's at Sirloin Stockade. Sign up sheet is in the foyer. You're not going to want to miss that, ladies. Oh, my favorite announcement. It is here. You probably heard it in my excitement and in my voice last week. Care Group Luncheons. They're back. It's that time of year. My favorite time of year. That's not true, y'all, but I love it a lot. I'm not going to lie. I do love it a lot. The second is care group number four, and that's Sister Nail Fleming. The ninth is care group number two, and that's Sister Leah Faust. The sixteenth is care group number three, and that's Sister Joanne Bolton. And the twenty-third is care group number one, and that's Sister Lisa Calico. And we'll continue to be to be announcing this, so don't fret, don't worry. We will keep you updated and posted on what your care group is. And make sure to be in touch with your care group leader on what to bring. The bulletin board is in the foyer, and I think y'all saw it. It says fall on it, and it has whichever group you're in. And then there are two spots open for Branson. If you would like to go and you didn't get to sign up, the Branson trip is on push pay for those of you that would like to pay there. And two spots are open, so make sure to get in touch with Sister Meyer or or Sister Lisa Calico, because that's who you need if you want those last two spots. And then real quickly, just before we started, I had our the very lovely Sister Chris Anders come up to me. And if y'all were here last Sunday, you understand how important and how cool this is to me. But if you can't see it, it says Raising Heaven. <laughs> and so now, now I, I haven't decided where I'm going to put it on my car, on my door house. That way I see it every morning. But now I'll have a constant reminder in the daily decision to raise heaven instead of raising hell. If you would, please stand with us. And a, and a word came to my mind this morning in prayer, and that's expectations. And a lot of times we can put dates like general conference and we can have expectations for it. Or we can have our birthdays and we'll have expectations for it. But no matter what, no matter how great it is, those ultimately fall short. 
But you see, we serve a God where we come into his place with expectations. And it doesn't just stop there because with those expectations, faith is enacted upon. And then every expectation that we have when we enter into his house, it comes to fruition with our great God. So if you would this morning as we praise, have that expectation and it's going to be met. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord.
kindness and mercy. Does anybody still get excited or maybe tears run down your face when you think about the goodness of God? I don't ever want to be calloused to Him, to His, what He did for me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will see of the goodness.
I have no choice but to believe that God is good. I, I, I don't have an option. And the reason I say this is because I look out and I, I don't even think about my own things that God has brought me through. Although I have several, a lot of them self-inflicted. But I look across the congregation and I see families that God has single-handedly brought through. And I look at men and I look at women and I go just instantly to their testimonies. And so I thought, let's do a fun little social experiment. How many of y'all have a testimony just by raise of hands? And if you look across the room, it's unanimous. It's undoubting. It's unwavering. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone's been brought through the fire. Everyone's been brought through the trials. And so I don't have an option anymore to doubt whether or not God is good because I don't see it in myself. I see it in the families of a congregation. I see it in a community that's been brought through hell. I see it in a nation that's come through trials like a pandemic. And so I no longer have an option to believe in the goodness of God. It just is. It just is facts. Mm. We have a few prayer requests we're going to take before the Lord here today. And I believe if it's the will of the Lord, they'll be met. Brenda Abernathy, Monica Helm, Emery Stacy. Lucille McFatridge, Diana Womack, Vernice Smith, Patricia Inslee, Mickey Hager, Megan Spann, Parker Armstrong, Alexis Roberts, Lloyd Ushry, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Brother Sister Bristow, Brother Sister Proctor, Brother Sister Billy Trinado. Real quickly before I, I, I say what the Lord gave me, I saw Brother John Proctor in Dollar General and I was with Darren. And you can ask Darren as well if Brother John Proctor was just pouting. If he was just over there and he was wallowing in his self-pity with the trials that he's going through right now. If he wasn't saying hello to literally every single person that he came in contact with in Dollar General. If you don't believe me, ask Brother Darren. Brother John Proctor. These random strangers, y'all. How are you doing today? It's a great day. Love you. What? (laughs) What? No, because you see, they don't know what Brother John Proctor's going through, but you see, I do. And so how, how, can, he, how can he say that? How, how can he show so much love? <laughs> and it's because of the goodness of God. You see, and it, and it ties, that's perfect because it ties directly. I saw the name and now it ties directly with what God gave me. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. 
Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You see, it's not easy being righteous. It's not easy being called. It's not easy being a child of God. But the second part of both of these verses is, and is safe. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. So I come to say as a young guy, I don't know near as much as y'all, right? But I know enough. And what I do know is, if you're righteous, he's going to see you through. If you're righteous, yeah, you're going to go through hell. If you're righteous, you're going to have to jump over some hurdles. You're going to have to dig yourself out of some graves. You're going to have to climb on the mountain top. And when you get there, it's not going to end there. Because the righteous, they've got to run to a strong tower. But you see, they got a strong tower to run to. And they're safe. And they're delivered out of it all. So if you have any need, I come bringing inspiration saying I've seen people that are in the thick of hell that should be in the clutches of devil right now that should be surrounded by evil but what the enemy meant for evil our God meant for good and so if you would like to step in for any one of these needs or you have a need here personally I urge you to step out in faith and our ministers will anoint you with oil and I believe because I've seen it That our God, according to his will, will fulfill it. Jesus. Jesus. I come here today, God, simply as a servant, Lord. We come today, God, as your children, saying, yes, God, we've gotten off the beaten trail. Yes, God, we've made a few mistakes. Yes, Lord, it feels like my burdens are getting a little too heavy, God. see it's through because it's what you did in the Old Testament because it's what you're doing still today because it's what you've done for our families Jesus I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of these needs on this paper in each and every one of these needs in this place today and in our community and in our nation and in our world in Jesus name Fear is overcome by perfect love, 
give 15 more seconds of praise right now with every eye closed, with every hand lifted. Father, you deserve all of our praise. You deserve more than we can even give to you, God, but we're going to do our best. Because you have given us everything, God, we give everything to you. And Father, I thank you for the spirit you've poured out of this place. I thank you for the lives that are going to be changed from today. Oh, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The ushers could come. We're going to take our tithes and our offering. And I say this often because I want us to understand that a mighty move of God in the worship service is not meant to stay in the worship service. But it's preparing you for the word that is going to be planted in your heart and in your spirit that is going to produce fruit today, this week, this year. And that is going to produce the revival that God is ready to pour out. And so, Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And I pray that we continue to seek after you. I pray that you bless what is given, that you bless the giver. And anoint the word today as Brother Seth brings it. In Jesus' name, amen.
You may be seated. Praise God. Let's just continue to worship here just another minute. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your enduring mercy. I thank you today for the perfect law of liberty wherein we have been made free from the law of sin and death. I thank you today for the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I thank you for the family of God. Praise your name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. so great to see all of you here today and I would like to point out a couple of persons that have become special in my life Coach Foy would you stand your wonderful daughter up Bailey all the way over to my right go ahead Coach stand up with her there that way she won't feel uncomfortable Coach Foy is the basketball coach for PJC and I just met Bailey a few weeks ago and her passion and burden to help a world in need. And I want us to pray a short prayer that God will give her all the courage, faith, and spirit she needs to do the vision God has given her. Father, we pray a special and unique prayer over this lady, her dad, her family. I pray wherever she goes, that your glory fill her mind and heart and that she's able to transmit your victory to a world in need. In Jesus' name. Why don't we clap our hands as they're seated. We're glad to see every one of you here today. And what a terrific joy that it is to know that God is an ever-present help in the time of need. He's never far away. He's closer than your cell phone. He's closer than your next thought. He is a God that's close at hand. He gives you every breath you breathe. And he says, I want you to praise me. He's a jealous God. He said, I want you to praise me. Because I give you those things in advance of your choice of the rest of your life. So he gives you a good head start and gives us the comfort of knowing we don't have to stop short of growing. How many of you are glad you're not still one month old? Well, wouldn't it be miserable to lay in a cradle the rest of your life? But we're glad Brooklyn's here. We got a miracle right up here. And I guess she's up there, is she? Oh, she went to the restroom. Well, boy, she's really moving on. You think we don't have a moving church? What a joy. I'm telling you, from left to right, front to back, there are miracles in this building, and there are miracles happening outside this building. One of the miracles are 
is that Sister Seth Williams called a good Williams. His name is Brother Seth, if I've got this right. Oh, J.C. Oh, I thought I said Sister Seth. She made a good choice. Sister J.C., would you, would you mind standing up just for a minute? I want you to look at this girl. She's got good conscience, good sense, good future. She made an excellent choice. And now God has given her children that are beautiful and wonderful. Thank you, Sister J.C. We're, I mean, we're happy you're here. And we want Brother Seth to come. Brother Williams is not only given tremendous credentials by the United Pentecostal Church boards and directives. He has created an aura that wherever he goes, he's in ministry mode. I mean, even if he's playing a game, there is spiritual vibes that come through his life. His <clears throat> commitment to thought patterns creates symmetry with God. I just appreciate men like this. And he's not only going to preach this morning, he's going to preach Wednesday night and next Sunday night. I mean, next Sunday morning. We are so glad to have you here. Would you rise and give him a applause of welcome to this pulpit? Amen. Why don't you keep that going? But in much more for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Whether it's a good day or it's a bad day. Whether I'm fully rested or I'm still in the bed today. God is great and greatly to be praised. So if there is breath in your lungs and the word of God commands a praise from you. So for just a few more seconds, can you clap your hands and lift your voice under the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is no coincidence today that, Brother Sterling, you would use one of my favorite words, expectation. Because in the spirit realm, expectation births one thing, and it's demonstration. Expectation causes you to rise to a level of faith that says anything is possible if we just expect it. And I've come, and it's no, no coincidence that Pastor Meyer would stand and say miracles are in this room because up until about 5 o'clock this morning, I woke up fighting hell over miracles that are going to take place in this very room. I've come today not in confidence of myself, but I've come under the authority and the direction of the power of the name of Jesus Christ, and there will be miracles in this room. People will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Chains will be broken and lives will be changed. Amen. But before we get to all of that,
and I know you're standing. I'm just going to be honest. I don't feel sorry for you. I'm going to have to stand the whole time I'm up here too. So just stand with me for a few minutes. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Meyer, this wonderful church. Amen. Give honor where honor is due. Amen. Brother Griffith, it's always good to see you all. Give honor to you. Give honor to all the ministry team today. My dear friends, Brother Stephen and Sister Callan, we love you guys. Amen. So he and I got to make a night run at Texas Youth Conference. He, he made a big, oh, he left his wife's garment bag here in Paris. And by the help of a good buddy, Logan, we, we made a three-hour drive and we met up and got him saved. Amen. So we're glad he, he got saved through all that. Such an honor to be here. And Brother Meyer, all those things that you said was great, but you left out one thing about my sweet wife. She is drop-dead gorgeous. Amen. Now, it would probably been a little bit more weird if he had said that and not I. So he reserved that opportunity for me. I give honor to her and our beautiful children. She gave them the looks, and I get to pay the bills. Amen. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 12. My sincere apologies, Brother Mike and the media team. But I, I have the utmost confidence that you work very quickly and are well at what you do. Acts chapter number 1 and, and verse number 12. I truly believe that in this room today, if you want to, we will have an upper room experience. If you want to. I want it to happen. God wants it to happen. But the deal is we can preach the greatest sermons known to man. We can give the greatest revelations that that theologians can't explain nor discern. But if we as the body of believers don't respond to the moving of God's spirit, then all we've done is just go over a little lesson. And I'm not interested in a lesson. I'm interested in an outpouring of the Holy Ghost to fall in this room. Acts chapter number 1, verse 12 through 14. Then return they unto Jerusalem. From the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotus and Judas the brother of James. Verse number 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. God bless you. You may be seated this morning on one condition. See, some of you paused right there. If you promise to help me preach. Amen. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost is a promised gift unto every one of us. And the reality is it is God's desire to fill every person born of woman with his spirit. But the catch is God cannot give us something if we are not prepared to receive it. So by the help of the Holy Ghost, I've come to preach into your hearing for just a short little while. I do mean that when I say just a short little while. Prepared for a Pentecost. We as the body of Jesus Christ must now more than ever prepare ourselves for the greatest outpouring of God's spirit. I have read in his word and I know that his word is true for he is bound by his word and he cannot lie. But this word declares that in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and we're gonna experience a revival that is the former and the latter reign together. We're gonna see more miracles than anybody before us has ever seen. We're gonna experience 
experienced more outpouring than anybody has ever seen. And I don't know about you, but I say, why not Paris? Why not right now? Why not today? I want a miracle for your body. I want you to be delivered today. I want you to be set free because we are the last day church and we got to be prepared for a Pentecost. I'm going to tell you, I literally, my wife does not even know this, but I literally woke up probably 10 to 15 times in the night last night. And literally at one point, Pastor Meyer, I seen a figure of a shadowed hand reaching down a wall trying to reach for people. And I said, in Jesus' name. And I watched as that hand disappeared off of that wall. There are people in this room, when we talk about miracles, you think about physical healing. That's fine and well, and that's going to happen in this room. But what some of you need more now than ever before is a mental deliverance, an emotional healing, a mental restoration, a path that leads you to a clear mind and a restored heart. I've come today not to impress you, but I've come to fight hell for you. And I take authority over every spirit of hell in the name of Jesus Christ. Your mind will be set free today. Your emotional scars and wounds will be healed today. Chains will fall off of your marriage. Chains will fall off of your family. And God will pour out a Pentecostal experience in this room. I hope you didn't come to play church because I've come to have church. The problem with our world today is we show up looking for religion. We show up looking for something that's going to pat us on the back, make us feel comfortable, but that's the greatest problem is because today's casual Christians will be hell's casualties tomorrow. We can't live casual in the world of God because a radical world needs a radical church that's on fire for God. People are sick and tired of religion. People are sick and tired of going through something that makes them feel good but don't ever change them. We don't have religion. We have an experience and this experience experience set me free from addiction this experience broke chains off of my life and this experience is for everyone in this room and we will experience it in this room my confidence is not in and of myself but I've seen too much to not believe I've laid hands on a lady and God opened her deafened ear. I laid hands on another lady who had confirmed radiology reports that said cancer was prevalent on her thyroid and she was pregnant and they couldn't do nothing because they were fearful to to harm the baby with radiation and this, that and the other. I can pull a picture up of her and her newborn baby and a report that says there is no more cancer and the baby's healthy and the mama's healthy. Hey, this isn't stuff that just happened over 2,000 years ago. This isn't stuff that just happened overseas God is still a miracle working God and he can heal your body he can heal your mind and he can save your soul Pentecost literally in its origin means 50 that's all Pentecost means 50 it was 50 days after Easter the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that the day of Pentecost takes place. So if the word literally only means 50, then I don't care to you. It doesn't matter to me, and I submit to you that I don't care what the name above the door is. 
What matters is what kind of experience do you have? What matters are you preaching the word of God? And the word declares that there's only one way to salvation. It's through the repentance of sin, the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You sat down and agreed to help me preach, but we've heard this for so long. We've heard this for so long. Preacher, can't you find something new to preach? The only message God commanded his ministers to preach was salvation. Can I have these real quick? I'll give them back. You need them more than I do. We're so used to a salvation message. We want something new. We want something revelatory. We want a preacher to preach us our miracle. We want a preacher to preach us our breakthrough. And all the while we sit here and look at him like a mule staring at a new gate. Sweetheart, I submit to you, you can make it to heaven walking on these. You can go to heaven doing this number right here. You can go to heaven Pushing that walker over there. You can go to heaven with diabetes and all kind of diverse diseases. But the Bible says except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. you got to understand something. This world is not our forever home. Make all the money you can make. Build the biggest houses you can build. I'm happy for you. But at the end of the day, what declares your salvation is have you been buried in his name? Have you repented of your sins? And are you filled with the Holy Ghost. The purchase of the church was finished when Jesus Christ hung his head and said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He didn't say, I have been overcome. He didn't say, I am done. But he said, it is finished. And with that declaration of those words, it is finished. What he declared was done was the purchase of your sins and my sins alike. The fact that you and I can walk in here today and lift up holy hands and I don't have to have a preacher to go beyond the veil for me. I can enter the presence of God and sing about the goodness of his mercy and sing about the faithfulness of his love. Is there anybody thankful today that you got access to the mercy of God? Thankful today that you can walk in here and you can lift up your hands and you can magnify him and you can feel his spirit move. While hell was having a three-day party, excited about what they thought was defeat, Jesus Christ and all of heaven was having a celebration because he understood that in just three short days he was going to rise up again and he was going to prepare himself a bride. Anybody ever been to a wedding before? Bunch of them. This past September, this is September, a couple weeks ago, the 10th, made 11 years that I've been married to that beautiful lady. Thank you. And Brother Stephen, on that day, 9, 10, 11, right here in Paris, Texas, we was the last wedding to happen in the, in the old sanctuary there. And we had four preachers and different itineraries and different schedules. And we rearranged that wedding about eight different times before we finally landed on that date. Now I understand because I live my life by calendar too. But I had no trouble 
pointing out who the bride was. Just as every wedding you've ever been to, there is no trouble identifying who the bride is because she looks different. She marches to her own beat. She comes in to her own sound and everybody rises and gives her the attention that she deserves. And it's gonna be the same thing when Jesus Christ comes back for a bride that has made herself ready. He shouldn't have to look around and wonder, are they in the church? Are they... Is is that her? I I don't really. He ought to be able to show up and there be a bride ready to present herself holy and acceptable unto him. One that says, I'm not interested in religion. I want an outpouring of his spirit. I'm not interested in going through the motions. I want demonstration. I want to know what it's like to see miracle signs and wonders. The upper room is known and referenced by most everyone as the place the Holy Ghost was first poured out and the place where they first received. While those are both correct statements, I submit to you today that before they could ever receive, they had to prepare. Before there was ever room for them to receive what God was going to do for them, there first had to be preparation to make room for what God was going to give them. And the faith that they had, Brother Griffith, they they didn't know what this promise was that was coming. But what they knew is they had a word from the Lord. They didn't know when it was going to get there. They didn't know how it was going to happen. But they were going to go up there and they were going to wait until it did. But the difference in their waiting and ours is, ours looks like this. Go ahead, Pastor. Pastor, you know me and my family struggling. We're just waiting on you to preach the right sermon. Come on, evangelist. We're waiting on you to, to strike up the band and get the oil flowing and, and, and do what you do. But, but we're not going to do anything in preparation. We're just going to sit here and wait for you to do it. We're just going to, this is our waiting. This kind of waiting is meant for a doctor's room. This kind of waiting ain't meant for the house of God. What they did for 10 days, 120 people said, we don't know how and we don't know when, but we're going to pray and we're going to sing praises unto God until it happens. I want you to know if there'd be some people in this room to make up your mind that even though you're going through hell, you're going to start praying and you're going to start praising until your miracle comes, until your breakthrough happens. What will happen is we'll go from a waiting to to an end suddenly. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of doing nothing. I'm ready for an end suddenly. There came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house. If some people in this room would make up your mind that you're going to praise and you're going to pray, there will be an end suddenly. And when it falls, it'll fall from that wall to that wall and from the platform to the back door. The way you prepare for a Pentecost is to pour out. If you buy, anybody bought new furniture recently? Anybody had to buy a new apply? Usually you have to buy everything all together because everything breaks all at the same time. Dryer goes out, car breaks down, washing machine goes out. Couch falls through while you're sitting on it. It's embarrassing for everybody. What can go wrong will go wrong and it all happens all at the same time, right? But before you could put that new washer and dryer in, what'd you have to do? 
He had to take the old washer and dryer out. And before God can fill you with the Holy Ghost... And before God can bring you your breakthrough and before God can bring you your, your mental healing and your emotional restoration, what some of us got to do is we got to make preparation. What you need to do is you need to pour that spirit of fear out. You need to pour all those lies and that doubt out. And you need to pour those ill feelings that you're still holding against someone right now. You need to pour them out and watch what God will do. I've traveled enough to know and I've been in enough good sermons this probably isn't one of them, but when it gets quiet, it's right. I'm sorry, I'm not the preacher that's going to preach some feel good. But what I've come to do today is I've come to fight spirits of hell. What I've come to do today is break the chains that the devil's told you and your family God wasn't going to break for you. What I've come to do today is tell you that the doctor's report is not final because I serve the great physician and the blood that flowed from the stripes of his back will touch your body and you will be made whole in this room today. But we got to prepare for a Pentecost. If we're going to have it, we got to get ready for it. If we're going to see it, we've got to make some preparations for it. When somebody's coming over to your house, Brother Stephen, if you're anything like me and like I was when we were first married, we loved having company, but our house was never ready for company. No, no, no blame on her. I'm spur of the moment. I like to, I almost want to sleep in the clothes for the next day because I don't know what time somebody's going to invite me to go do something. And that, Sister Kyron, I want to be ready to go. I don't do it. I said I almost do it. I want to be ready to go in case somebody invites me to go somewhere. Nowadays, I've gotten to wear almost sleep with my golf clubs in my hand because you never know when you're going to get to go play golf. <laughs> Pastor Meyer still got that racket you gave me. Play a little racquetball. You never know when somebody's going to hit you up and invite you to go do something. So you got to be ready. But, but when people were coming over, you know, just as well as that. Is it okay to just be transparent and have a little fun in the house of God? What you look like before people get up Hurry up, they're going to be here in five minutes. <laughs> Stephen, pick those clothes up off the floor. Put them in the laundry basket. Let's go. They're fixing to be here. And you run around frantically making preparation. It's funny because it's true. And everybody in here is guilty. If you say you're not, meet me up here in a couple minutes and you can repent and we'll pray for you and God will help you through it. But the reason we frantically run around is because we want the house to be in order when our guests show up. The reason we frantically run around is because everything's got to be in its place. Everything's got to be just right for the guests that show up. And we do that in our own house. But we come to the house of God and we want our miracle and we want our blessing. And we gripe because we'd rather go home and watch our college football than listen to an hour and a half sermon. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to preach no hour and a half, and I do enjoy some college football. But what I'm saying is, when you start getting a mindset and an attitude that says, all right, praise team, we got to wrap this up. i got somewhere to be. All right, preacher, you got to preach this quick. I, when you would rather stand in line in Walmart longer than you'd rather dance in the house of God, it's no wonder why we can't have an outpouring like they had in the book of Acts. But if there'll be some people that say, hey, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what i got to do. I need an end suddenly, and i got to prepare for a Pentecost. 
My God. Hear me, I'm not condemning. I'm not judging and I'm not chastising. You want to know who this ministry makes me better than? It makes me better than the man I used to be. A pulpit and a microphone ain't ministry. Ministry is out there loving people. Ministry is out there being an example. Uh, 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 An epistle read and known of all men. Ministry is not a pulpit preacher. Ministry is loving people and leading them to the house of God. And the way that we prepare is exactly what this phenomenal praise team did this morning. They created an atmosphere of praise. There are absolutely two things that the God that we serve cannot pass up. Two of them. He cannot pass up. You're exactly right. See, I'm not the preacher that looks above everybody's head and wonders what's going on. I make eye contact. I read his lips. He said praise. Number one is praise. God cannot pass up praise. And the Bible commands praise from everything that has breath. And the Bible declares that if these should hold their peace, then the rocks will cry out. But you've got to understand something. Those rocks don't know like I personally know what it's like to be set free from addiction. Those rocks don't know like I know what it's like to be set free from a mindset of suicide. Baby, the kids out of here. The rocks don't know like I know what it felt like that morning when mom and daddy was at work, oldest brothers at college, middle brother stayed with a friend and I sat there with that cold touch of a barrel under my chin and the finger off of the safety off and my finger on the trigger because I had made an embarrassment of my family. I made an embarrassment of my church. I had done too much wrong that God couldn't forgive me and I was ready to end it all and the rocks don't know like I know what an audible voice I heard that day that said, I still love you. The rocks better not praise for you because God's done too much for you for you to let the rocks or anybody else give a praise for you but if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray then will I hear from heaven and heal their land if this body of believers will start giving God some praise and start making preparations I'll tell you what's about to happen and suddenly cloven tongues like a fire will set up on each of us miracles will happen chains will be broken you can walk out of here without those crutches you can walk out of here without diabetes you can walk out of here without your marital problems because when and suddenly happens anything is possible praise the bible says is what God inhabits brother sterling inhabit means to dwell to dwell means to live If our praise builds God's a house, why are we building him a one-room shack off in the corner somewhere and wondering why breakthroughs ain't happening? I'm not condemning anybody. Please don't don't, don't mistake me. But I'm not going to back down from what God has instructed me to say. There's a spirit of hell rising in this room right now, and it's intimidating some of you. I'll tell you like I told that lady somewhere between here in the North Pole and the South Pole at that church that has a pastor and a name where I was preaching at. When she come down there, she was all tatted up, track marks in her elbows, blood still dried on her skin, and she started worshiping and she started praising. 
and she hit her knees and I laid my hands on her and began to pray and her eyes went cold black and she looked at me and with the manliest voice I ever heard a woman ever have, she said, the devil said he ain't letting me go. I looked back like this. Nobody else heard what she said to me or what that spirit said to me. And Brother Darren, I laid my hand on top of her head again and I got down in her ear and I called her by name. I said, I'm not talking to girl right now. So I'm talking to every devil in hell. And her eyes rolled back in the back of her head and her body tanner started swaying back and forth like a snake. And I said, I want every spirit that has attached itself to this woman's mind and soul to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I said that, she snapped back forward and started speaking in tongues as the power of God gave her the ability to do so. What I did not know is she was there with the Renaissance Festival and she had been practicing witchcraft and the pastor's wife just that morning had taught her a Bible study. But what I do know is there's not a devil in hell that Jesus can't conquer. There's not a situation in your life that the blood won't overcome there's not a situation going on in this room there's not a sin too big and there's not a problem so small if people will prepare themselves for a Pentecost if this house of body of believers will actually believe what you say you believe and you start giving God some praise I'm telling you right now the heavens are going to open up and a wind is going to start to blow and there will be renewing there will be restoration and there will be miracles I'm, I'm just going to get out of this because I, I ain't scrolled through a note since I started some of you have bought into the lies of the adversary for so long now that you believe it You've listened to condemnation and judgment from the adversary and the only reason that you showed up here today is for moral obligation Am I okay? This ain't about moral obligation. I didn't come here today because I had to. I don't have to be here. I want to be here. I don't have to be here, Sister Kylie. I need to be here because I need something from God. And what I didn't find in the bottle of the bottom of that alcohol bottle and what I couldn't find at the end of those joints and what I couldn't find in popping those pills, I found when I ran to an altar. What I couldn't find in the world, what my money couldn't buy me, what my doctor couldn't prescribe me, and what my family couldn't do for me. I found it when I made preparation at an altar, when I hit my knees and I began to repent and ask God to forgive me. All all of a sudden where I was hopeless, I had found hope. All of a sudden where I was unlovable, I found a love like I had been longing for. I found peace that is beyond understanding. Joy, the Bible says, is unspeakable and full of glory. And what you need is you need to quit buying into the lies of the adversary. Quit sitting in your pew doing nothing about it. And you need to respond to God's spirit. You know what the devil does? He lies. That's revelatory. He's a liar. But he knows the mind game. Every battle, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, emotionally, is won and lost right here. Either you can or you can't. It's Deweyville vernacular. I don't know if y'all say can't up here in Paris. 
Might be a little bit more high social class than I'm used to. Either you can or you can't. Either way, you're 100% correct. Bishop Orange used to put it like this. He's gone on to his reward now, and I miss him ever so much. But Brother Meyer, he used to say this. If you do what you've always done. Yeah, see, y'all know. You're going to get what you've always got. God's a God of reaction. God's a God of response. Though their afflictions were many, they cried unto heaven. And when they did something, God delivered them of how many of their fears? Say it again. A little bit louder for those in the back. When a cry went forth, heaven heard. But you see, we'll gripe to our friends about it outside of these four walls. We'll gripe about it over a cup of coffee. We'll gripe about it over a breakfast plate. And when we get to the only place where we can fix it, we sit with a stone face like some of you have had from the time this service started. And we wonder why our world's not changing. I'm telling you right now, the world is sick of religion. The world's looking for experience. Religion says, just make me comfortable. Experience says, make me better. Religion says, satisfy me. Experience says, change me. And there's some people in this room that you need to make up your mind. Either you want to stay comfortable or you want something to change you. Either you're satisfied with getting what you've always got or you want something better. And I assure you today that in this room right now, something better is waiting for you. Something better is ready for you. Something better is looking for somebody to step out of their pew and step out of their aisle and say, I refuse to be held captive by fear anymore. I refuse to be held captive by my sin any longer. I refuse to be held captive by my sickness anymore. I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. And I'm going to prepare myself for a Pentecost experience. Y'all go ahead. Singers and musicians are coming. You can stand with me all across the room. It was John who come as one crying in the wilderness. Saying, prepare ye the way for the Lord. Saying, Jesus is coming. Somebody better get ready. Jesus is coming. Somebody better make preparation. I didn't come to preach a message of doom and gloom. And I still believe, Brother Bolton, the miracles are going to happen in this room. I firmly believe with everything inside of me. That this entire message, I have felt it just as you have felt it. There has been a draw of negativity and fear and oppression. And there is a spirit of depression in this room right now. And you've sat in this service with your hands sweating. Fists clenching. Tears running down your face. Because you're tired of going through what you're going through. That's all it takes. Brother Logan, that's all it takes. It's for somebody to get tired of going through what they're going through. 
for somebody to put their foot down and say it like you say it to your kids, mama. I've had enough. We can't be the only ones that tell our kids that. Matter of fact, I know I'm not because I know when my mama had enough. And if I didn't quickly change the course of my direction, she about to change it for me. But you see, God loves us enough to convict us. But it's us that has to change us. God will supply you with the materials you need to change your life. God will supply you with the spirit to change your mind, your heart, your soul, and everything else. But it's got to be us that makes the choice. And if somebody in this room, I feel it in my spirit, somebody, I, I'm just a couple more words from pushing you over the edge. Maybe you're waiting for a formal invitation. I, I got a newsflash. I know your pastor well enough. I can tell you this. These altars are never closed. Service don't have to follow the piece of paper that's printed up. Y'all don't have to get every song set in, do you? No. We don't have to get every message preached. We've got time for the Holy Ghost to interrupt. We got time for the Holy Ghost to set down. And I'm going to tell you where this church is right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you where this church is. There's been labor that has gone forth in the kingdom of God. Planting, watering, sowing. This church is at a place right now where we're in between the waiting and the end suddenly. The end suddenly is about to happen. Your waiting is fixing to come to an end. And I'm telling you right now, your miracle is going to take place. I'm not a prophet, nor am I the son of one, but I know how to walk in faith. I know what it's like to lay hands on a lady who, who had her, her toes had been cut off and her foot was fixing to be amputated. And we prayed for her on Sunday. Monday she went in on pre-op consultation and the doctor said, I don't know who you went to and I don't know what you've done, but there's 100% circulation in your foot now. I know what it's like to look at a married couple and tell them that hell has come against them and tried to bust them up at every corner, but God was fixing to break it for them and God was fixing to deliver them. And I watched as the power of God fell and restoration happened and the chains were gone. And I know what it's like to look across the congregation of people today. That are wiping tears from their eyes because God sent a man that knows absolutely nothing about you. Knows absolutely nothing about what's going on here. The extent of what I know about this church is Pastor Meyer took me to Brahms last night and I had some orange sherbet. And it was good. He did have the sugar free, Sister Meyer. I witnessed it. That's what I know. But on the flip side of that, he don't have to tell me anything because I know what the Lord told me. And I know there are people in this room right now that hell has wrecked your home, it has wrecked your mind, and it has riddled your emotions. And there are people that are carrying blame in this room that it's not yours to carry. People carrying a load of guilt and shame that you've been under that felt like, sis, it was going to crush you, and it's not yours to carry anymore. 
But in order for God to fill you with your miracle, in order for God to give you your breakthrough, you're going to have to do like you would do if a guest was coming over. You're going to have to flood the front of this church and you're going to have to start making preparation. Yeah, I know God's the same God back there. I know God can operate in a pew. But the difference is you make a step of faith. The greatest tragedy of being Pentecostal, the greatest tragedy of believing a faith like you and I believe is so many times we are held captive right here between two pews knowing all hell is breaking loose in our life knowing if we don't get a breakthrough we're going to succumb to the depression and the oppression of our world but if I step out here they're going to think I'm backslidden if I step out here he's going to think I've sinned I submit to you today when you get tired of going through what you're going through with all due respect it doesn't matter what anybody in this room thinks it doesn't let them say what they want to say when you get to a place that you're so tired of going through what you're going through you'll get on the floor and crawl if you got to you'll lay down and roll if you need to you'll dance until your hair falls you'll shout until your ties messed up when you start making preparation it don't matter what they think it matters what I need from Jesus that's it somebody come up here and make an upper room preparation where they didn't just sit and look they didn't just sit with their arms folded saying I'm going to wait until the promise comes but for 10 days they began to pray and they began to sing praises Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. This ain't no lay me down to sleep time of prayer to whisper unto God. This is spiritual warfare. And all the way down here, the devil battled your mind. With every step you took, you heard that nagging voice of the adversary. But the next sound you're about to hear, when you lift your voice, is gonna sound like rushing mighty wind. Uh-huh. Come on, somebody tune your spiritual ear in. I hear chains falling right now. I hear the sound of marriages being restored. I hear the sound of miracles falling. Hey. That hold the devil had on you, he ain't got no more. It's falling right now. Chains are breaking right now. Walls are coming down.
Jesus. There was power in the name of Jesus. There was power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is, there is power in the name of Jesus. working power. There is power.
Jesus. 